Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the State of Dallas podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys who have subscribed to the Dave Campbell's Texas Football YouTube, Spotify, Apple channels, however you catch the Republic of Football. We appreciate you guys. Let's jump right in. SMU coming off of a a 28-11 loss to Oklahoma in Norman on Saturday. And for a lot of people, the spread settled around 16 and a half. And well, the Sooners ended up covering that just quite frankly, with a little bit of luck. Uh, This was a football game that if you wanted to go ahead and call it uh, after SMU went down 21-11 and then ended up going for it on fourth uh, and 10 and deep inside their own territory. You could have. The Sooners scored a couple plays later to make it 28-11. And I think for SMU, they have to take away a good bit of confidence from the way that they played uh, in that game as a whole. But as Rhett Lashley said, after the game this week when we met with him uh, as the media, it came down to a few plays. Early in the game, SMU got the ball. They were able to get a wide-open look at Roger Daniels down the field. Preston Stone misses the throw. They can't connect. Two plays later, OU blocks a punt in a massively poor breakdown by SMU in special teams. That set up Oklahoma with a short field, and they took advantage a couple plays later with a touchdown to go up 7-0. But SMU was able to battle in this one. They were able to really fend off the Sooners pulling away um, you know, in this one to, to keep it competitive in every sense of the word. You know, SMU went into halftime uh, down 14-3, uh, I believe it was in this one. Uh, yeah, 14-3, but could have been a little bit closer. SMU missed a 49-yard field goal at the end of uh, the first half. Colin Rogers wasn't able to get that one uh, through the uprights, and his struggles from deep continue. And then you get to the second half, and neither team was able to capitalize in in the third quarter. And for SMU, uh, that included a drive that started and was then ended uh, by a fumble uh, by the by the Mustangs, uh, Jalen Knighton. Uh, they got the ball with um, 9.48 to go in the in the third quarter and uh, gave it away at 8.09 uh, with Jalen Knight and fumbling well inside Oklahoma territory. He was on a 23-yard run is what it was credited to. He was kind of looking for extra yardage. He uh, stiff-armed the Oklahoma defender who was able to poke it out, and the Sooners were able to recover it. You know, SMU, that ball, if you go back and watch that fumble, it just kind of died in bounds, and that was kind of the way the, bu- the kind of the bumps and the and the um, you know just the all the things went against SMU. Uh, quite honestly, they they weren't able to capitalize on some opportunities that they had. They kicked a field goal in their first trip to the red zone, uh, which came on their second drive of the game. They had uh, turned around and uh, you know OU had scored and. Uh, SMU drove right down the field, eight plays, 65 yards in just under two minutes. But the offense bogged down in the red zone. And and this was a problem last year early in the season was red zone scoring and not only red zone scoring, but scoring touchdowns. And that was something SMU struggled with. And for me, I think it's it's kind of that same story right now where you look back at the Louisiana Tech game 
SMU got a 65-yard touchdown pass to Jordan uh, Hudson from Preston Stone, which is a beautiful throw. Uh, RJ Maryland had a touchdown catch uh, from kind of deep out. I think it was something around 30 yards uh, to, to cap the first half. And, and they were just able to, you know, really kind of just use the big play uh, to beat Louisiana Tech for the most part. Uh, they had a drive, uh, drive or two that was finished off by touchdown runs. But this week against Oklahoma, we saw kind of what plagued SMU against Maryland uh, the the a season ago where they couldn't finish in the red zone, whether it was a missed fourth, fourth down throw. And honestly, I think that's kind of why Rhett Lashley kicked that field goal too. Um, but they weren't able to capitalize on things uh, as much this this time around uh they just weren't and a credit goes to the Oklahoma defense in a way you know they were able to play very sound football they stayed home they made tackles when they had opportunities and for the most part they kept SMU receivers in front of them and that's really how opposing defenses have been able to bog down this SMU passing attack from time to time but Preston Stone still had a good game you know this was not one where uh, he lost them the game. I would just say he didn't do he he didn't go out and win it for them, and and it was kind of there for that to be taken at certain moments against Oklahoma, the early miss to Roger Daniels, um, and and a couple of just situations where you're having a quarterback in his third start asking him to go on the road at Oklahoma, which is a tall task, but he just wasn't able to get the job done. And some of that falls on their receivers. You know, R.J. Maryland, I think it's a game that he wants back. He had a holding penalty on one drive. He had a couple drops. Um, but he was also able to draw a pass interference penalty in the end zone that uh, allowed SMU to continue their drive and, and uh, score a touchdown ultimately. So for me, it, it was a good showing by Preston Stone. There are some plays he extended. There are some throws he made that SMU – really needed in the moment and they hadn't gotten in those big games in the past. The fumble by Jalen Knighton was a complete backbreaker uh, in a sense for SMU and not because OU capitalized on it and went and scored, but you were driving, you had momentum. And those are the opportunities where SMU has not risen to the occasion against power five teams, not named TCU. That's why I didn't pick SMU. Uh, to win at Norman. And so the trend kind of continues uh, for the Mustangs across several coaches now where they can't get the job done in these power five matchups. Now, all teams are not created equally. We know that last year SMU really, really wanted that Maryland game back. We know the storyline there. And once again, they would probably want this game against OU back, but there were opportunities against OU that, weren't even it wasn't like SMU made a critical in your like Preston Stone didn't throw an interception that cost SMU the game and you're sitting here wondering if Preston Stone is going to ever play well in a big game he had a really good showing in a big game what has to happen is everything has to click for this SMU offense they don't have a Rasheed Rice that can go out and draw multiple pass interference penalties they don't have a Rasheed Rice who can go out and Moss, uh, just about any defender. They have good receivers. Jake Bailey had a great game. He caught seven passes for 73 yards. He caught all all seven targets thrown his way. He had a long of 30 
you had Moochie Dixon who looked solid with three catches, but they were all on they were on seven targets. Um, you know, I think for this offense, they have to see somebody step up and take their game at the receiver core to the next level. And maybe it's RJ Maryland. You know, he had seven targets, caught four balls for 20, and it just wasn't ever kind of clicking with him. They were either kind of short passes, they weren't anything great. I mean, he had a long of six. So for SMU, there are some things that are just off offensively, which is similar to what kind of happened last year, but these seem more fixable in a way. We knew Tanner Mordecai last year in a big game was good for an interception or a turnover. And a lot of the time came at the worst times. You know, for SMU, they didn't get that from Preston Stone. The interception late in the game was just kind of one of those, it was a bad throw, but it had very little impact on the game because SMU really would have needed some some luck to kind of go their way there late. You know, they would have needed to score a touchdown, get an onside kick, have a quick, quick drive. But anyway, it wasn't meant to be. What was meant to be was uh, this defense uh, coming together as a bunch of new faces and going out the first two weeks and playing some really, really good football. You know, SMU has really been struggling to put together a competent defense for a while. And a lot of it's been personnel based. But now you have a team that is coming off of a game against Oklahoma where you've got to be feeling good about what you put together against the Sooners. And the reason is, is, Look, this is a high-powered Oklahoma offense. They're going to be one of the best in the country. Dylan Gabriel and what he can do, completing 70% of his passes, four touchdowns for 176 yards, is not the high-flying 73-point you know, scoreboard outburst that we saw from Oklahoma against a bad Arkansas State team. What we saw was a very efficient Oklahoma offense that had answers and had depth because SMU was able to – for the most part, slow down this OU run game. They were able to kind of bottle them up. They they scored the first touchdown on a on a short field, and um, SMU, you know, was was hanging in there really well and managing the game well. I think SMU punted uh, at about midfield, and Preston Stone got them downed at their own six yard line. Well, OU turned to Tawi Walker in the run game, a big physical back and was, was able to pound it down their throats and, and go 94 yards for a touchdown. I mean, that whole, that whole drive was basically Tawi Walker uh, doing his thing. And, you know, I think that's, that's the hard part is when you have a, uh, a, a game plan that has been executed pretty well. And just some of these power five teams, which SMU is going to be a power four, power five team coming soon they have a guy like Tawi Walker, who's a former walk-on, who is built like that and wants to play football at the University of Oklahoma. And it's just pretty unreal uh, when they plugged him in over a Javante Barnes, a Gavin Sawcheck, um, Marcus Major, you know, who, who, who ended up playing well down the stretch for OU in that game. That's kind of the depth that just SMU was just off, just off on competing with. but. You look at the front line for SMU, they were able to get one early sack. They did um, make three tackles for loss, but they they just kind of hung in there. It, it wasn't a game where SMU was able to really establish the line of scrimmage in the backfield like they did against Louisiana Tech. 
and that's no surprise. This is Oklahoma we're talking about, not talking about Louisiana Tech. SMU is just a couple of pieces off from being able to do that. And that's where once they get to the next level of college football, they're going to be helped by the targets that they attract, the transfer portal uh, taking a step up, all those things that you're looking at what Scott Simons and the staff is putting together defensively. And you're saying, okay, we see the vision. We see what's happening. You know, Ahmad Walker is going to be back. Kobe Wilson is going to be back. Alex Kilgore is going to be a, a full year in the college program. You know, there's multiple defensive linemen that are coming back. They're going to have a lot to replace on that front too, but they have some pieces that are coming back. They have a secondary that's going to be back for the most part, um, save for, I think, Brandon Crosley and, and the two starting corners. But they've already, you know, started establishing that depth, you know, to come in there and compete and, and, and keep working it. So when you look at what they were able to do against Oklahoma – it was really impressive. They had a few moments where they broke down tackling, whether that was, you know, they just maybe weren't able to roll enough players or we talk about the margin of error for SMU to win up in Norman going into it. And we talked about how it was thin. And sure enough, that played out. Where the margin was thinnest was obviously the special teams, uh, gaff with with the punt being blocked you know i don't even mind the 49 yard field goal from colin rogers but he is struggling so it's a concern overall but i wasn't sit i was more at the end of the first half i thought smu could have tempoed a little bit more and they might have had either a better shot from a field goal distance perspective or they could have been pushing the ball a little bit more and trying to get down the field but i also think they didn't want ou to score before the half so that's something where you could kind of go a bunch of different ways, but the way they managed it to basically get the ball last was pretty on point um, and, and get a shot at a long field goal. So you get the punt block, you miss a wide open receiver. You just had opportunities that you weren't able to take to the next level. Defensively, I said it before, if you're sitting there and you're telling me that SMU would have held OU to 28 or I think I really said 24, which, again, how they got to 28 was a late fourth down attempt SMU had to go for. They felt like they had to go for, backed up inside their own uh, zone or half of the field, and they couldn't get it. And so OU was once again inside SMU's 30 to or, or 40 to uh, start a drive. Boom, boom, they're in the end zone. If you're telling me SMU's defense had to held OU to 28 points with two of the four scoring drives, on short fields, I would have said before the game, one, take that all day. Two, SMU's probably going to win this game if they don't make mistakes. And that was ultimately what happened um, to SMU. And so they weren't able to pull it out, uh, which is just, it's, uh, if you're an SMU fan, you're not upset because SMU went on the road to a Texas A&M like years ago or a Baylor like years ago and was completely blown out of the water. And only had a bright spot here or there. You're upset because SMU had an opportunity to win this game and they couldn't get it done. And that's the toughest part. It really is. It, it is such a tough, tough piece of this puzzle um, when it comes to this team. And so for SMU, you've got to find a way to, you know, go go take this to the next level and 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 finish those opportunities. And look, 
They play Prairie View A&M, 6 p.m. Central, ESPN Plus, inside Ford, coming up this weekend. But you want to know how this version, this Rhett Lashley program will look when it comes to finishing drives, when it comes to um, being able to win Power 5 games that aren't against a TCU? That's, That's where SMU has to find a way to beat the Horn Frogs in two weekends. But they do uh, get um, Prairie View A&M first. That is, uh, that's the big, big focus right now. You can't overlook them. You can't, you know, become a, a meme. Uh, you know, of course, uh, with SMU going to the ACC, you can't drop a game like this. It'd be a very, very, very bad look. So for SMU, they have to go out and they, and they have to, um, you know, be able to uh, take care of business. That's what it's all about. And um, for SMU to do that, uh, they are going to uh, really need to uh, just focus, lock in, and uh, not look ahead to what is a massive matchup against uh, against TCU uh, in two weeks. So, um, but I do have a, a reminder for you guys here. We've got uh, a friend of the show who is uh, going to be um, wanting you guys to purchase something ahead of uh, that game against TCU. And our friends at bigscomic.com uh, want you guys to check out the Sunny Dykes Fry the Frogs SMU t-shirt. Uh, this is obviously a perfect timing uh, for SMU TCU. Sunny's famous fried frog leg recipe t-shirts are available at bigscomic.com. Uh, merchandise section the the creators of this t-shirt want you to know in the true spirit of sunny this is a money grab to line the pocket of bigs comics there is a purchase link on the on three message board at ontheponyexpress.com and those sunny's famous fried frog legs recipe t-shirt are available bigscomic.com slash merch just $24.99 check them out um, I've, I've, I was given one by, by our friend, uh, uh, from the site who's sponsoring this and, um, none of the sale proceeds go toward the underfunded TCU NIL fund is his, um, is his, uh, merch, uh, image that he's supplied us with. So a little bit of fun if you're a TCU fan listening to this, just, um, just take it in good fun. Sonny Dykes created a, um, video back when he was at SMU when TCU got beat by the Mustangs when Sonny was in charge of him frying the frogs in the skillet. Um, and obviously a few months later, he was uh, coaching for the Horned Frogs. So um, it's become a little bit of a, um, you know, funny talking point to this uh, rivalry, which has certainly taken up a notch of uh, hatred over the last few years uh, between the programs. So Check them out, bigscomic.com slash merch for your uh, Sonny's Iron Skillet Frog Legs t-shirt. Now that we get into the back half of this podcast, before we look at Prairie View A&M, I've got to tell you guys, uh, SMU did pick up a commitment uh, from a local prospect, and we've talked a lot about SMU recruiting Dallas and, and the impact from the ACC and what that would do to the Mustangs when it comes to recruiting. Well, Dalen Singleton, one of the top wide receivers in the country in 2025, uh, is right down the road from SMU at DeSoto High School. Uh, he had a huge touchdown reception uh, against um, uh, South Oak Cliff last week, from what I saw. 
He's off to a big start. He had one against Allen as well. So he's kind of rolling right now. Early on as a soft, uh, as a junior, uh, he also clocked some of the uh, top times that you would want to see in the track and field realm as a freshman and sophomore. So he's been terrific early on. And SMU beat out the likes of Texas A&M, Miami, Arkansas, Oregon, and others for him. He's the number 246 overall prospect in the country, number 237 overall wide receiver, and number 43 uh, overall prospect in the state of Texas, according to the On3 industry ranking. This is a massive pickup for SMU. They continue to identify Dallas area prospects who they really want to get on board. Um, and look, the Mustangs are continuing to target uh, some of the top targets in the Dallas area. And one guy that uh, is set to make a decision here pretty soon uh, is Keelan Russell, uh, the four-star Duncanville quarterback in the class of 2025. SMU has three four-star prospects committed in the class of 2025, which ranks them in the top 10 currently of the on-three industry ranking uh, for uh, classes among all colleges. And if SMU is able to get Keelan Russell, who's set to announce his decision here relatively soon, that would push them even higher up those ranks. Uh, we have him at on three as the 81st ranked prospect in the country, number seven quarterback nationally, the 17th ranked prospect in Texas. He grabbed TCU, Ole Miss offers, uh, Vanderbilt just offered this week. And uh, for SMU, they're hoping that they can land him because he would be an absolute game changer when it comes to uh, their class and not only just what they have overall, but what they are trying to do from a um, just credibility standpoint, because they went out to East Texas and they got Ricky Stewart. They got Demetrius Brisbane, two of the best in 2025 from East Texas. But SMU is missing that elite prospect in the class of 2025 from Dallas. They got that with Dalen Singleton. He's a speedy slot He's going to be able to make an impact for the Mustangs down the line here. He's got a lot of time in high school, obviously. But when you can get a quarterback, a national quarterback who has the ability to make so many plays like Keelan Russell does, you take that opportunity and you try to get him on board. And that's, what's at, that's what SMU is doing right here. There's a lot of programs that are watching him uh, as far as you know, even bigger colleges that are looking to evaluate him and maybe make a move on him. but. Look, he's right down the road in Duncanville. He's a state championship winning uh, quarterback already. He would give SMU a ton of credibility in the recruiting realm. And so if they can get him on board, that's what you'd want to see. Quarterbacks commit early, and usually they do a good job of staying locked in and recruiting for the Mustangs or wherever uh, they get they commit to. Um, and so Keelan Russell, we're, we're watching him really closely. He's off to a big start um, for that Duncanville program. And SMU has a 2024 four-star safety, Kadavian Dotson-Walker, who's another Duncanville player, already committed off that team as well. So uh, the Panthers, uh, who, if you're watching on the Dave Campbell's YouTube channel, are playing at SMU, and uh, they've got some talent that could very well be playing on Saturdays uh, for multiple colleges, but especially SMU. So um, that was your mini recruiting update for those who don't follow us at OnThePonyExpress.com. Uh, you can subscribe for just a dollar for your first month. So try us out for a month, basically for a buck. Uh, be on the lookout come Monday. Um, we are going to have a special for the TCU game. So if you're interested interested in saving a bunch of money on an OnThePonyExpress.com subscription, 
check us out at on three. Um, we cover SMU, both recruiting and team, and we do it uh, just constantly for you guys. Um, I'm heading out uh, as I'm recording this. It's Thursday. I'm going to go see uh, some targets for the Mustangs. And uh, then Friday, same story. Going to see a couple commitments uh, for SMU as well. Battle it out on Friday. So you can check us out at ontheponyexpress.com. Uh, we've got team coverage, uh, recruiting notes, all of those things. So be sure to check us out at ontheponyexpress.com for all your SMU team and recruiting needs. When we look ahead now to SMU Prairie View A&M, this is a matchup of two very different teams. Uh, SMU coming off a, a game where they played Oklahoma, a top 25 program uh, and, and team this year, very, very well. This group coming in uh, for Prairie View A&M just lost to Abilene Christian, I believe 45-16. It's been a tough turnaround down there uh, for Prairie View A&M under Coach Bubba Caldwell. And uh, they had a heartbreaker, uh, or excuse me, they had a thrilling win in week one where they beat Texas Southern 37-34 in overtime. So it's not been all bad for Prairie View A&M, but it is a program that uh, is is very much uh, trying to climb out of the cellar right now. I believe they were three and nine uh, in Bubba Caldwell's uh, first season. And um, they are uh, really looking to try and, um, again, climb out of that that struggle that they've been in for a little bit uh, here now um, as Bubba Caldwell takes over the program uh, in his second season now. And for SMU, what you want to do here is you want to be able to go against this, this team and play a lot of people. You want to play Preston Stone, and then you want to get him out of there. You want to play Kevin Henry Jennings uh, and get him out of there. And honestly, you probably want to play Keldrick Luster, your true freshman quarterback, or get Alex Padilla, the transfer, who's your kind of like a, a depth backup. Maybe play him a little bit. So for SMU, uh, they want to jump all over this this team. Uh, this is a this is a Prairie View A and M team that has multiple options. When it comes to running the football, they've got Ahmad Antoine, uh, who's got 194 yards on 34 carries this season. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, which is funny to say on this podcast, just me being a, a Tampa native. Uh, I only know really one Keyshawn Johnson uh, before this. and uh, But this one from Prairie View A&M, 26 carries, 155 yards, and four touch or a uh, touchdown uh, this season. And, you know, for this SMU team, they're going to have to, you know, keep an eye on on those guys. But um, they're they're a team that just is not necessarily in a great place right now. Um, but Trazon Conley uh, is their quarterback. He's completed fifty eight percent of his passes uh, for four hundred sixty five yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. This was a this is a team that is it's so early in the season you don't know who they're going to be by any means. Um, but Brian Jenkins Jr. is their top receiving target, as well as uh, Jaquan Bloomfield. And uh, both of those guys are, are pretty impressive guys uh, catching the football for, for uh, Prairie View A&M. But the thing about playing a team like this is, is one, you, you see them go up against an Abilene Christian team and, and just get blown out. And then on the flip side, you just saw them beat Texas Southern in overtime in week one. So they haven't really – we haven't really seen them, you know – put it all together overall uh, when it comes to what they're going to be. Um, and, and so that's the hard 
piece to covering a game like this from my angle of, of things without a doubt. Um, but look, you, you do have, um, you know, uh, Trajan Conley, who's from Dallas, you know, he's going to want to put on a show in week one. He was uh, 20 of 33 for 275 yards, and two touchdowns. He also can run it a little bit, adding 35 rushing yards on the ground. Um, and for SMU, they're going to have to keep an eye on that. Those guys that can extend plays, Dylan Gabriel kind of got out and ran around a little bit um, when it came to that game against Oklahoma. And SMU struggled here and there to get some guys on the ground. So I think for this one, you really want to see SMU come together and tackle very well because this is a Prairie View A&M team that is going to come in and have a lot of they're, – they're going to have to have a lot of things go right to have a, a shot in this one, quite honestly. But um, when it comes to – Prairie View A&M, they're going to run the football. And what has SMU kind of, you know, struggled with here and there? It was tackling in the run game last week against Oklahoma. And Prairie View A&M put, put down 301 rushing yards uh, in last week's game against Abilene Christian. So um, the thing about it was they were just not able to finish drives clearly. Uh, but this is uh, um, a team that, battled back from a 21-0 deficit to Abilene Christian um, and, and were able to score. And then uh, it kind of got got away uh, from them 45-7. It really wasn't a compet- competitive game. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's, it's not a team that SMU should struggle with. So what I want to see is I want to see a lot of what happened against Louisiana Tech. I want to see SMU come out, guns a-blazing, take care of business pretty quickly, be able to um, control the line of scrimmage, which I think they will. I think the defensive line is going to have a field day against Prairie View A&M. Uh, and, and that's something that, you know, they want to bounce back from. You want to get out of this game very healthy. And um, we'll note, we'll uh, talk about a couple of injuries on the front uh, on, on things for SMU here as we wrap up. But uh, this is not a game that should be competitive, you know, remotely in any way. If I'm SMU, at worst, I want to see a drive stall, and I want to see Colin Rogers kick a big, long field goal. And so you feel a little bit better about it. Uh, but when it comes to everything else, SMU is probably going to be without Justin Osborne, their starting right guard, who got rolled up on pretty badly. They thought they were going to lose him for the rest of the year, um, but he got hurt midway through the first quarter against OU. He was out at practice, but not doing much of anything at all. Uh, and so he will probably be out this week is my guess. And that means that either Logan Parr or Ben Sparks or PJ Williams are going to get considerable amount of action at that guard spot. Uh, spot Logan Parr, who was banged up against OU, is good to go. Jordan Hudson, the former five-star wide receiver, is another guy who might be questionable. He was banged up against OU, but we'll need to take a rest and reset ahead of a, a, a reunion and return to Fort Worth uh, next week where he goes back to where he played his freshman year of college football um, and, and, and try to make an impact for SMU. So um, those are kind of the main ones for SMU on the injury front. And then Jordan Curley was not practicing much at all uh, this week for SMU. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. So uh, as far as the prediction goes, I think this one probably goes 62 to three, something like that. I mean, this is, this is the type of game where SMU should not struggle. This is too good of a team. And this is kind of how I said 
when I talked about everything kind of leading up to the season, and and even if you listen to our post-game podcast at onthepunningexpress.com, I talked about SMU. There's no reason for this team to have to be cute or have to do this or have to do that. They're talented enough to run on anyone and have a varying degree of success. They're talented enough to line up and play their base defense and be able to stop you to just a little bit of varying degrees of success, like we saw against OU, holding them to 28 points, pretty darn good. And all those things need to be able to be done against Prairie View A&M and just roll. This score should, honestly, if Brett Lash wanted to keep the true pedal down, should look like an OU Arkansas State score. That's what it should. What SMU needs to do is they need to get up about 31 nothing, 42 nothing at half and shut it down and play everybody else. Um, that's what they need to do uh, because you can't risk injury going into TCU next week um, in a game that if you watch the OU game, you've seen how TCU season has kind of gone so far. I'm very interested to see what the line's going to be for that TCU game. I think, if anything, I see Vegas jumping it to like a SMU or a, a TCU minus three type of situation. And then people would kind of hammer SMU and then it'll kind of come back to more of a toss up. That's, that's how I see it. But I don't know. Vegas is very, very good. They basically called SMU OU to a T um, in terms of the point spread. So um, with that guys, uh, not too much else to say. There's not too much to say about Prairie View A&M and uh, SMU should win comfortably. I think the Mustangs are going to win about 62 to three, something like that in this one. So, Appreciate all you guys who are listening to us at the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Podcast Network, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you catch the podcast. Thanks for doing that. Check us out at OnThePonyExpress.com. Just a dollar for your first month to try it. We've got recruiting team coverage. Hope you guys have enjoyed all the coverage lately. Things are heating up both on the recruiting trail and uh, as the season gets going for the Mustangs on the football field too. So, Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast, and we'll catch you next week with another edition of the State of Dallas podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.